I am very, very happy today because one of my near and dear companion in the trenches of life is here today, Nathan Blouse. Welcome, Nate. Good to be here. Yeah. Nate has literally, he's seen me through so much stuff. Uh, it's, It's awesome. So, and just a beautiful person and a powerhouse, a ministry uh, that he has in the safe place ministries in the safe place.com gorgeous wife inside and out gorgeous family uh, and just someone I love doing life with and so thank you on my board all of this uh, he's amazing so thank you Nate and welcome to perspectives with Catherine too <laughs> it's good to be here yay thanks yay. for having me Yay, it's so much, so much fun. So we're going to be talking about uh, the kingdom of God is the way of love. That hits about 12 hot buttons right there for me. So rock on. (laughs) Well, when you write a book called Marked by Love, it's definitely as your piques your curiosity anyways. So yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I I hope so. Um, That's great. Um, And we were kind of talking off camera that you kind of had a, I don't know, like a, a a little wake up or a big wake up or, or something. It just something hit you. And I thought, yeah, that's so good. Tell us how you kind of were like impacted in a way that you were just really studying the, the kingdom of God is the way of love. Yeah. So um, last, uh, last November, every, you know, every year uh, with what I do and the travel that I have, um, the Lord puts themes on my heart. And this year, he just started really ministering to me, um, 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 4 through 8 in November of, of last year. And it was more personal. And I've been on a journey with that passage for a long time. But when you look at it and you look at God's kingdom and you look at the fact that it's very clear that uh, the scriptures say that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's pretty black and white. So um, I guess the only add on there is hopefully your church and your life has the Holy Spirit in it because then, but uh, that's a, that's probably another discussion. So, um, but then you start thinking about things that Jesus said about, you know, when he was with Pilate. Pilate wanting him to, you know, are you a king? Where's your kingdom? You know, Jesus saying, if my kingdom were of this world, my my uh, my people would pick up swords and fight. Uh, there's lots of nuances to how different his kingdom is than the kingdoms of this world. Um, and so uh, I just talk about because God just brought it fresh and new to me um, as I'm traveling that there is a way in every kingdom. There's uh, there's a there's a currency. There's a, uh, you know, our our kingdom that we call America is uh, the petrodollar. Um, there are kingdoms or countries going to commodity currency again. Mm-hmm. Um 
the you know there's places in africa where water may as well be the currency uh, mm -hmm. gold has always been infamous as a currency uh, and a standard and you you look at the way of god's kingdom and while we know it's righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit we know that his kingdom is spiritual mm -hmm. god just put it on my heart that the way of his kingdom is love it's his it's his currency it's 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 his exchange if you will because it's who he is and you know and um and then you look at how different everything was mm -hmm. uh when jesus came mm -hmm. and what was significant about that you look at how uh, the jews had a misconstrued idea of god you know they they didn't understand him as father they didn't understand a relationship you know um i think it's uh i was reading something somewhere uh that somebody wrote that uh the word father is literally in the whole old testament 17 times and it just relates to a general idea as it relates to god uh, in the new testament it's over 200. um so there wasn't that you know it was like moses saying hey let's go up let's go up the mountain let's talk to god and they're like uh no he's your friend uh you go ahead and talk to him because there was this idea of him being this cloud with lightning bolts and you go talk to your friend you come back you tell us what he has to say and there was definitely no understanding of god as a loving caring god he was tribal he was angry mm -hmm. you did things and you got these results and then even the leadership at the time right the the we'll just say the religious church at the time mm -hmm. uh, there were so many rules they didn't even keep them exactly. you know there was the 10 and then there was another 400 and some and i think it came uh, out to you total know like 640 something rules it's like right right and so you know when jesus comes you know uh and he walks the earth and they bring him this woman caught in adultery mm -hmm. you know i mean direct reference to deuteronomy but in deuteronomy it says whenever two are caught mm -hmm. uh bring them both <laughs> and so you know this the so they're not even keeping the rules that are supposed to define relationship and then and then you talk about the world that he the world he came into the structure of the world i mean mm -hmm. um you know women uh you know women think that it's hard now and they're still beating a drum and i recognize things aren't still equal but they were they were looked at as second class i mean exactly you, know, you didn't get a Jesus, vote uh, you didn't get educated you didn't get to choose whether who you married you didn't uh your husband could divorce you but you couldn't divorce your husband you weren't allowed to and if he didn't divorce you then there was a loophole and you were relegated to prostituting yourself or begging mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and then children right mm -hmm. uh children were property they were they were thought of as cattle yeah mm -hmm. um so you have this scene you know uh 
there's no welfare programs, there's no orphanages, there's no hospitals, everything that we know and see as care, even in society and relief, there, there was always an angle for what, what, it, what, what could be done for me. There wasn't caring and, 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 and nurturing and concern yeah. relationally uh, just because. Right. And this is the world then so much so that on the end of Jesus's life, you know, uh, when he dies, Luke records that the day that he died, the head of the Jews and the head of the Romans became friends that day in that area. Yeah. Uh, that there was this kingdom that he brought mm-hmm. um, and this way that he brought mm-hmm. that was not violent, was not aggressive, but was, but they both, the spiritual community and the governing community both recognized they needed to end this because it threatened. It was subversive. Yeah. Love is subversive. Uh, It may not uh, come with guns and swords and uh, but it's subversive because it overturns the soil of any other kingdom that is built upon something else and it's also it's the soil of our hearts as well so it's totally and that's the thing it's based on the the, yeah 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 sorry and so no no you're fine yeah Yeah. no this is yeah Uh, and and so you know in the communities i grew up in the scripture that i'm going to share it gets thrown out there uh kind of as a, a key to turn a lock uh it's the initial statement in four spiritual laws. It's uh, it's one that we all know. If if you grow if you grew up the way I did, hearing it or the way you were introduced to God in terms of salvation, mm-hmm. um, but there's so much more to it, uh, and it wasn't given in that context, and and we all know it. Um, hopefully, and it's just simply. For God so loved the world that he gave. Mm -hmm. And that world is everything collectively. Mm -hmm. It is us, but it's the cosmos. It's it's Mm -hmm. and and there's this principle that he's giving here for God so loved he gave his only begotten son. So it's not God the master, God the Lord, God, it's God the Father. There's an implication here, right? Mm-hmm. And and he gave, but how did he gave? He gave through love. Yeah. And again, you can look at that, and our English doesn't do justice to the reality of that word be there because, you know, we have, I mean, the Greek has four, well, the Greek has more than four, but in 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 our Bibles, you know, there's these four big words. There's the eros, which is the erotic, sexual, sensual love. There's phileo, which is brotherly love that we have Philadelphia, which it's is supposed to be a city of brotherly love. And they need a dose of that. Um, I think they've forgotten their name, you know, yes. just don't show up to their football and baseball stadiums with any other jersey on other than theirs, you know. Yes. And there's stoige love, uh, which is parental love. And then there's the agape love, which is the love of God. It's the unconditional, but there's a condition. 
that he gave his son so that there wouldn't be condition, um, you know, and, and so, you know, I like the message Bible. The message Bible says, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son as one and only son. And therefore no one need be destroyed by believing in him. Anyone can have lasting life. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so if, if his way is love, what is really, you know, that you get into what is really love. You know, we say it's unconditional. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at what Paul wrote, right? Mm-hmm. And in 1 Corinthians 13, mm-hmm. says, if we speak in tongues of men and angels mm-hmm. and have not love, we're resounding gongs and crying symbols. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, mm-hmm. and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, nothing. Mm -hmm. If I give all I possess to the poor and I give over my body to hardships that I may boast, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. Mm -hmm. And I just want to stop there because with what I do in people's lives, Mm -hmm. I never really looked at these first four, three verses like I, like, like I have recently and realize that all of those things are doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that, you know, some people look at those and they go, well, all of that is like these big spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. Right. But if, but then you look at verse three and it says, if I give all that I possess to the poor, well, that's a very uh, natural Mm -hmm. functional doing. And the interesting thing is you can do all these and they can benefit everybody else. But if it's not motivated out of an identity of being, then we're back to that whole thing of I'm 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 gaining my worth and value not out of this love that I carry, but out of what I do, out of my giftings and my abilities, right? Spiritual or not out of my being, it's out of my doing. So I got to do in order to be of worth and value and significance rather than being, which is intrinsically worthy, valuable, and significant. And so you're constantly chasing your tail and striving, right. and exhausting. Ask me how I know. And you know how I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep going. So for God so loved the world, he gave a son. He didn't give a servant. He didn't, he didn't give uh, an employee. Uh, he didn't give a slave. Because that would have re- made God everything that we see in the Old Testament of their picture of identity with him. Mm-hmm. So God is instituting a deep, intimate relationship with him through him bringing his son to the earth in this physical form. Mm-hmm. And the way and the way of his heart is this love. Which is this, right? It is love is patient, love is kind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and you look at that and you go, okay, is is equal. So love equals patience, love equals kindness. God love, God is God equals patience, God equals kindness. So you would never find God not being love, not being patient, not being kind. Because he's always so he's always patient, always kind. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes in our own journey, because of how we perceive God, mm-hmm. that when 
we've exhausted our own patience, even with ourselves. We think God's exhausting his patience. Exactly. His ability to put up with Mm -hmm. situations, testings, Mm -hmm. and which is really underneath patient, the word patience. Mm -hmm. It's this ability to have uh, over and over again in any situation, the ability to to not be impatient, to not be irritable, to not be God. And, and it's interesting, all the rest of these words are adjectives leading us back to patience and kindness. Yeah, that's true. And so my patience and kindness, love looks like, yeah. So right. and then as he continues in the verse. And it, 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 God, God is not envious. God is not boastful. He is not proud. He does not dishonor others because he's love. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered and he keeps no record of wrongs. And, you know, it. I think it's still hard for people, even in Christian communities, to wrap their heads around the idea that God is not angry, is not getting will not ever get angry and has not been angry with you, with me, with humanity, because Jesus doesn't look like that. No. And then you get these people that probably will watch this and want to comment and say, well, didn't he turn tables over and grab a whip? And and that shows that he can get angry. And, and that's true. But he was but but he wasn't throwing the whip at the he wasn't whipping the people. Right. There were animals there that he was driving out. Exactly. Exactly. And they were, they were, they mm-hmm. were, they were, uh, the scales were off. They were taking advantage of these Gentile converts mm-hmm. that had to, that had to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus rightly gets angry at the injustice. Mm-hmm. He's angry at injustice. He's angry at what molests his kids. Right. Without being angry at his kids. So his wrath right. is on behalf of his kids, not toward his kids. Right. Sin messes with his kids. He's wrathful towards sin because it messes with his kids, but he's not wrathful at his kids. And there's a real and I, th- mm-hmm. and I think people who are watching this just need encouraged that. God has never been, is not, and never will be angry. And where do we get that lens? Well, we get it from an Old Testament view of a tribal culture that was trying to understand a God that wasn't tribal. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, We get it from really, even probably more than that, we get it from the reality of how we felt our parents were towards us. Mm-hmm, exactly. So it, uh, people that are operating in fallen ways of being that are wrathful, that are keeping records of wrongs, that are punishing, that are vengeful, that are vindictive, that, um, that, that, are, that do dishonor, that do envy, that are impatient and unkind. And we see that, and that's our lived experience. And we filter God through that lived experience and project that onto God 
And he's like, never been this way. Right. Yeah. So anywhere that, yeah, wrapping that all up and sending it back to you, anywhere where our parents didn't emotionally connect with us in a healthy bonding way that looked like God, which mm -hmm. is all those things you just said. Mm -hmm. We take that lens to God and the mm -hmm. idea of God without even consciously deciding to do it. Exactly. Yeah, this is so subconscious. It just kind of feeds into our being. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sorry. Keep going. Yeah, it's so good. No, and 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 that that is even with the whole idea of record of wrongs. Right. I mean, it's hard to imagine if I have had trouble even early in my life with the with the law mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that there will ever be a time where there's not a record of wrongs. Mm -hmm. But literally, you know, when I pastored, I would see people over and over again come forward and cry with tears saying, God, please forgive me. And I know they had asked the week before and the week before and the week before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we could see on God's side, it's like he's pulling Jesus and the Holy Spirit in. And, they, and like, just to make a point, it's like he pulls them together as he's listening to this and, and, and he's going, do any of you know what our son there is talking about or our daughter's saying? Mm -hmm. Because there's no record of wrong. Right. A lot of times, a lot of times, rather than ask God to forgive us, we just simply need to forgive ourselves and start loving ourselves out of the love he's given us. Exactly. And when we're asking God to forgive us, we're actually receiving the forgiveness that's always present. When we ask is not when he forgives. He forgave 2000 years ago on the cross. Right. Yeah. So even so, more so. Right. Exactly. But we need to we need to get that into our beings that we are forgiven and that while we're for well, because we are forgiven, we can forgive. And that includes and sometimes most importantly, ourselves because yeah. we're our own condemners. Right. Where God's not condemning. If God, if God forgives, he doesn't punish. You don't punish what you forgive. There's no punishment. So receiving the forgiveness is a freedom and forgiving ourselves because we've been forgiven. Who are we not to forgive ourselves when God has forgiven us? Right. Right. It's like we say, oh, God, I'm a higher judge than you. I know better than you. And so there's a humility in self-forgiveness. And sometimes we need a lot of empowerment because we've really in violated our own conscience. Yeah. Yeah. So letting basking in that forgiveness that we've been forgiven empowers us to in turn forgive ourselves and forgive each other because we're holding records against ourselves and we're holding records against one another. And God is like, yeah, that's got to go. Yeah. So good. And the, you know, the, um, you know, with what I do and what you do and healing hearts and seeing couples come, you know, I, I was realizing that there's so many marriage books out there and there's so many relationship books out there and there's so many counselors and types of counseling and 
even just me sitting with people, couples, and you sitting with couples. And it just hit me this year somewhere along the way. It was like, why when couples come to us, do we not open up and lead with, if you want a healthy marriage, then learn how to love, which means learn how to apply this. Mm -hmm. If you want a healthy marriage, then let's figure out why we're not patient with each other. I mean, that's huge. if you want a healthy marriage, let's figure out why we can't be kind to one another. Yeah. Yeah. Why you know, we... if you want healthy relationship with your kids, mm -hmm. how about the next time they do something wrong? Mm -hmm. You act like they never had done it before. You know, mm -hmm. how about when something happens in your family's world, mm -hmm. you don't laugh at the fact that. Mm -hmm. something's happening, which doesn't hopefully happen so much with parents towards children, mm -hmm. but it definitely happens with siblings. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, love does not delight in evil things happening, mm -hmm. but rejoices in truth. You know, um, how about we figure out where we're not making each other feel safe because love always protects, which means it creates an atmosphere where we can all feel safe. And then when we feel safe, then we can feel like our hearts can open up and we can thrive. Which right? is, which is so much your, your ministry healing can be no healing can happen where, where safety is known, right? That's your tagline, which is it's, it's a truth line because we, we cannot, our hearts cannot heal if our hearts can open up in the vulnerability. And the only way that that hearts can open up is when they're safe. I think it's starting yeah. to crack open. It's like, is it safe? Is it safe? Okay, I can maybe open up a little more, right? And this is us being who we were actually intended to be in the image and likeness of God, who is love, with living open-hearted uh, yeah. and learning that we don't have to hide and learning that we don't, uh, that that we're safe. We can be safe in and of ourselves and then we can be safe for one another. And then we screw up. when we screw up, we own stuff and we work towards cleaning up our mess, but also recognizing that we're, we're in the process of, yeah. of growing and, and that being, yeah, such a huge thing. And, 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 you know, starting, I love this with ourselves, but also with our families, the ones, the nearest and dearest. And then as an extension out of that in, in all, all our relationships, but also in ministry, because you're, you know, uh, this is, it's, it's like, it, there's nothing bigger than love. You know, it's not like, okay, there's love. And well, the, and actually is included in love. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing love bigger than God. love. There's nothing yeah. smaller than love. There's nothing greater than love. There's nothing lesser than love. The foundation is love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you, when you realize that I mean, in another translation, right, when you realize that love bears all things, hopes all things, believes all things, endures or perseveres mm -hmm. always, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that this is God's posture as a father. Mm -hmm. And really in, in everything, and because your book came out just now, mm -hmm. you know, that your new one we can mm -hmm. say, um, this is... This is the father. Mm -hmm. This is the mother. Mm -hmm. This is brother. Mm -hmm. 
This love is everything that we need and everything that's missing. And the thing that we have to be careful of in, in saying all this is, is that we take it to ourselves and we immediately shoot ourselves in the foot because we then look at it as actionary and go, okay, I need to choose to be patient. I need to choose to be kind. I need to choose not to keep a record of wrongs. But that negates the fact that we that that is us mm-hmm. interpreting it and kicking it back to the first three le- verses mm-hmm. in a whole different way of this is what I need to do rather than no, I need to I need to spend enough time mm-hmm. in the presence of who God is to allow myself to experience who he is in such a way that when I walk away from him, I can carry the presence and the experience of who he is into my daily living and then live out of that. And when I do, I can be patient in a way I normally am not. Exactly. Well, I can, you know. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. Go ahead. And so I mean, because the thing is, we we love because we're loved. We love him because we first he first loved us, and we we're so busy on trying to okay, 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 thanks, yeah, thanks, that's us, awesome, thank you for the warm fuzzy, and then we're off and running to, to check off our to do list, not recognizing that our to do list is all based that the motivation is love, the the reaction is love, it's the fruit of love, and whatever we're doing, if we're changing a diaper or writing a book or balancing our checkbook or you know whatever it is it there's all it, it's all the currency of love when it's bathed in love that's what we're doing but that stems out of our being because we're god is love we're created in the image and likeness of love that's actually who we look like in our flavor in the flavor of catherine in the flavor of nate in the flavor of you and all your loved ones this is actually who we are and when we're spending time allowing god to love us when you know, we've screwed up when, you know, his tender mercies are are renewed every day. Why we need a lot of mercy and having it tender means it's loving. I need mer- where I screwed up again. I said I wouldn't do it. And I did again. <laughs> I violated patience and kindness again. Right. And right. And in that place of allowing him to do that, that's the healing of our hearts. So we can actually be and operate out of who we're actually are, who we were created to be before the foundation of the world and releasing that. So it looks like patience and kindness, but we're not doing a checklist because our checklist will wear out. I mean, if we need to white knuckle something like right now, if I get cut off in traffic, forget who I am and I want to give someone the flying finger, you know, um, or or worse off, you know, I want to like get in an altercation. Okay. Well, it's really good if I white knuckle patience and kindness. That's that's actually better than blowing someone's heads off head off. But but that's not something sustainable. And so it means I forgot who I was for a moment, happens, and I need to retreat back to that place of that union with God where I'm loved and so I can be loved. I can, okay, who, uh, let it go. Keep no records of wrongs for that person and have that be a fruit rather than an action plan because we're not going to sustain an action plan. No, that's right. Mm-hmm. And so- so it comes down to it's just like in a marriage relationship right mm-hmm. there is 
all kinds of ways we experience each other. Mm-hmm. The, the physical intimacy component was designed in such a way to not just be pleasurable, but to literally be therapeutic, to bring healing. Right. It was intended to be designed in such a way that it was not for any other relationship mm-hmm. other than this one. And it is the pinnacle of being able to come together and experience one another in such a way that every time we do it, it is a new experience and it should leave us in the context of what I'm saying here. It should leave us changed for the better every time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is really what God is intending. Mm hmm. When we experience his love, Mm -hmm. because he's not giving us love. He is love. He is the source of all of what Paul is trying to describe here Mm -hmm. all at once. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the reason that's significant is you can't look at the printed page and what Paul's describing And just grab that and go, okay, I'll try and be more patient today. I will try and be more kind because it, it has to come through from the inside out. It, it has to come not just by experiencing it one time when we said, come, come to Jesus. He's the round size peg for the round size hole in your heart. He's Mm going to love you and fill that up. And you experience that initially. And it's like nothing because it isn't like anything this world can offer. Um, it's not a one-off, it's not a one and done because God sent his son. Mm -hmm. God so loved, he gave the next verse. We, we have 16 memorized 17, not so much for most people, Mm -hmm. but it reinforces so much what he really did because for God, so loved, he gave his son for God, the father loved, so he gave his son. Mm -hmm. For God the Father did not send his son into the world to condemn us or to condemn the world or the cosmos or any of it. He didn't he didn't send his son here to condemn, but that through him all might have life. Right. Um, And so. Like I still run into so many people. Who are hoping. That they're not now and forevermore going to be condemned and yet they say i do believe in this god right right and it's like at least from where we've all come into existence Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. god is not condemning he is not judging Mm -mm. uh there's a healthy conviction you know you go to hebrews and it says you know those he loves he's chastens those who are his sons so they're condemning brings us into this reality of punishment where we don't feel like there's any hope for us Mm -hmm. whereas chastening is a loving act to motivate us to be better and 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 we know that that this chastening that we're feeling while painful in the moment mm-hmm. is working to produce a better quality of who we are and a greater capacity to extend love. 
Exactly. And the chastening is actually the word from the word, same word as disciple, disciplining and correcting. So it's not, it's not this uh, whipping post. I'm going to beat this out of you. You don't violate love to instill love. That's good. (laughs) Right. Right. So you, you, um, so the correct, but, but um, to instill love, you lovingly correct. It's like, no, honey, that's not worthy of you. That's not, no, that's not, that's not, that's not, that is not who you are. And I stand for who you are. And I expect you to come up to the level of who you are. You're, you're corrected because you're good, not because you're bad. Yeah. Badness is not worthy of you. Right. Bad. I mean, love doesn't negate boundaries. Love defines boundaries, right? Love boundaries of love. Love love doesn't let you walk out in the traffic and get hit by a car. Mm -hmm. And if you do, love doesn't pull you back in and shame you. Right. Exactly. Because you got hit by a car. Exactly. You know, I mean, or or if you drove the car that hit someone, right? Right. Right. So there's a, there's a foolish, I did foolish things and it happened to me. And then I was just flat out rebellious and was giving God the flying finger. And I still did. He's still not going to shame you, but he will do a, a, a heavy, like, no, this is not okay. And it's not okay because you're good. So I'm not going to allow you to stay acting in a way that's not worthy of who you are. So I think, I think, I think, another humbling statement that the scriptures give us from Jesus Mm -hmm. in kind of taking this kind of to a practical application is when Jesus says a new commandment, I give you love another. Thank you. As I have loved you. So you must love one another by this. Everyone will know you are my disciples. Exactly. If you love one another, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that that can be a whole nother time of full discussion because of the implications of that. I mean, like. The world's not coming to our churches because they see we don't love one another. Yeah. 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 I mean, in America, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like Paul saying. You know, some of you say I'm of Apollos, another, you're missing the point. We're we're all of Jesus. Right. Exactly. You know, it's like, well, I'm of this church. Well, I'm of that church. Well, I'm 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 an Olsteinite. I'm I'm a Robert Morrisite. I'm, you know, and 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 we all identify communities and tribes. So that's not the point or the issue. The point is this world they mm-hmm. they will know that you're not just part of my gathering mm-hmm. right right he's he's not saying gathered ones mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like a church gathering mm-hmm. he's saying you will know they will know that you are my students my trained ones my yes. my followers my, my ones you know, mm-hmm. that Acts writes, these are those that have turned the world upside down. Mm-hmm. And and when Peter stands up and gives the message and they say they they say we identify that 
these are the these are these are Jesus's because they've been with him. Yeah. That, they smell that like the, love. They're the aroma of love. Right? And and it, and it, and it's not so much the supernatural that they did, it's that you they they this world is gonna know mm-hmm. that you are mine mm-hmm. because of your love for one another, not your love for me, not your express commitment and baptism to me. Right. Well, because they're gonna know love that one another, we're actually loving him. Right. How do we the love issue is not loving him? The issue yeah. is how they see us handling each other and exactly. us not being the neighbor across the street that doesn't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. The the issue is us identifying and saying, you know, we are of Jesus, mm-hmm. but then we they see us interact with each other the way they interact with each other. Yeah. And then they're like, well, what difference does that make? I guess knowing Jesus fine. I don't need I don't. I don't I need that. that. I don't need I to identify with that. Sure. I got enough of that on my own. <laughs> yeah, I don't, exactly. So that's you know, that's the difference with the with the loving one another as as God has loved us. Because a lot of times we say we love, but then we look at the fruit like, yeah, that's not love. You were doing good until this fruit came up, and then there's a breakdown in love. Right. And so and this is the commandment. He didn't say, I command you that you love one another and that you agree on doctrine or that you, um, you know, you do signs and wonders. This is how you show my, my disciples or that, you know, whatever the the newest thing is or, or that your that your faith, you've got so much faith that, you know, you can, I don't know, get another jet, get another jet. That's great. But I'm just saying that's not how people know it's by this love for one another. And it's true. And you're, I, I'm so glad you brought that out, that it's not even our love for Jesus, because if we love one another, we're actually loving him, right? If you did it to the least of these, you do it unto me. So this new commandment I give you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because if we have this love that has to be downloaded and experienced supernaturally from him, mm-hmm. that was not being experienced in the old covenant. Mm-hmm. If I can experience this and live by this, mm-hmm. then I don't, I don't, I don't need four, five, six hundred rules. Exactly. They're, they're automatic. You're already if, it fulfills if I can, if I can life. operate in his love, I will honor my parents. Mm-hmm. If I can operate in his love, I won't steal. Mm-hmm. If I can operate in his love, I, I won't kill. Mm-hmm. I won't covet my neighbor's goods. Mm-hmm. I won't look for my neighbor's wife. Mm-hmm. I will have no other gods before me mm-hmm. because I'm living in the love of the God that I've submitted all to. Yeah. And if so, the practical application amongst others as, is Jesus definitively gave this one last act. As he went, not 12 hours later, for the greatest act. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So on this stage, when he's having this intimate moment with all his boys, Mm -hmm. he he takes this basin. Mm -hmm. And what we don't, what we don't, what we, what we just talk through Mm -hmm. At Easter and 
I've heard so many, I've preached so many different messages on, on this passage of him at the last supper. And even in leadership, you know, the way up is down. It's not in a title, it's in a towel. And all that's great. It's right. But as in this that I've been contemplating fresh with his love, what he's really had me focus on is that he he literally stripped himself to his skivvies and put a servant's towel on. And he takes this basin. And we know the story, but I just want to, as we kind of come to the end here today, I, I, I just want to drop the thought maybe fresh. And that is that, you know, he comes to Peter and obviously the servant, maybe, maybe he knew this was coming and he decided not to have the servant be there. Uh, they all knew they needed to wash their feet. You know, it. In that day, with what they wore, they walked everywhere. They're stepping they're, in things. They have camel poop everywhere. You know. You know. I mean, like it is. Mm -hmm. I don't think we arguably in our society could really, other than to to say, I forgot to wear pit perfume this morning, and I work outside, and you know, I'm at the end of the day, and I have this. Uh, hey, are we having onions tonight for dinner? You know, um, you know, this, uh, this, uh, this, but it's so much more. It's the guy on the farm coming in, but he gets to take his shoes off. But these shoes, these are sandals. These are not closed toe, you know, and everybody walks in and not only does nobody want to take up that towel and love everybody. Nobody wants to do it for themselves to themselves. Exactly. And he does it after dinner. Like my wife wouldn't even let me come to the table. <laughs> I mean, like it, like if you don't wash your hands in my house, you ain't even eating. And that's like, that's like not putting your hands in menorah and stuff and fungi. And all these guys walk in, obviously their wives aren't with them because they never let them do this. And they're sitting at this table. They're all done. The last act is he gets down there and he starts washing this dirt. And of course, Peter's like, hey, this is a good gig. Well, wash all of me. Now, here's what Jesus says. He says, only that, basically, my translation, only that which is dirty needs washed. Yeah. And as a and as a and as a last practical act. He's showing them what we've been talking about. Love washes the dirt. Mm -hmm. Washes the poop off of people's feet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that dirt is representative of what everybody keeps thinking about themselves. Yeah. Love washes what no one else will wash and what we won't wash ourselves. But we'll just live with. We'll just stay in. We'll stay in it when we eat. We'll stay in it when we're socializing. Love gets down where no one else wants to be and washes what no one else wants to wash. 
and gets involved with what no one, including ourselves, wants to touch because it's smelly and it's dirty and it's gross. And I, I read this somewhere. Love required that we get the stench of humanity on our hands and clothes. It is in those moments that we see and are Jesus. And so it requires Jesus' love removes the dirt so that you can see what's under the dirt. And so while that passage means so much in so many ways, as 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 he's been taking me through this deeper understanding of love, I've never focused on just the fact of what the implications were of him washing the dirt. They were willing in and of who they were in that moment to sit with what they knew to be the Son of God and the Messiah, and they were willing to sit in their dirt. And Jesus is going, no, if, if my last point amongst bowing himself and making him the servant, the point was, you, I don't want you to live in the dirt. I don't want you to socialize with me in the dirt. I'll, I will, but I want you to realize that my love um, completely wants to remove anything that has to do with anything other than who you truly are. Because they're after he washes the dirt, what's left is them as they them. Come. Yeah. The uh the dust, which is like death. Yeah. And the defilement, which is like the donkey poop and whatever else you got on there. <laughs> All the stench and all of that from walking in the world real time where we're exposed because we're, you know, the world is out there and stuff happens. That all gets washed away. And what's left is the beautiful and pure, which is really who you are. Right? That's right. And he's willing to dig through all that, bend down, stoop down so he can smell the stench. Okay. Come face to toe. Part of what you stench. have to do in the process. Exactly to unveil what has always been beautiful and holy. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I just think that I just, uh, you know, as we come towards the end here, whoever watches this or hears it, I just want people to be reminded that no matter what they think is dirty, I don't care whether they know Jesus and are walking with him and are struggling or don't know him, however they're coming to this, you know, you remember typically the first and the last. If you can remember anything about this, in my opinion, and you having me with you today, is that you remember that Jesus wants you to be who he authentically made you to be with no dirt, no garbage, and he and he he will sit with you. He sat with the disciples. He ate with them. He broke bread with them. He gave them the idea of communion with them. And at the very end, then he said, hey, there's one more thing I got. I, you've got to understand. I will sit with you right where you are. 
but I want you to be better than this. I want you to realize that there, 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 there is a better way. And that is, I want to wash everything off of you that would in any way cause you to not believe who I believe you are. And that is love. And I believe that if we would do that to each other, as disciples, as trained ones, as mature ones towards each other, I think we'd see more of the world coming to him. It's it's the most winsome, attractive, because it pulls on the truth of who they are. Even if you're cynical, you want it to be true. What's well, actually true, right? And then you see it walked out. It's revolutionary. You know, I, I like to say it's subversive because it turns over everything that's not like that for the sake of the beloved, for the sake of the yeah. one. Which is what did, what did Gandhi say? He said, I have no problem with Jesus. I like Jesus. Mm-hmm. I have problems with those that claim that they are his followers, like not just walking after him, but disciples. Mm-hmm. Because when he tried to find Jesus, it was his disciples that weren't showing love. They made, they, they, they made him feel as if he's outside the parameters. Yeah. There's no one outside the parameters. We're all in. We're all in. You're all in love. <laughs> in the what an indictment, right? When Jesus says, they will know that you are blind by your love for one another. And here's a major figure that walked in really the ways of Jesus Yes, and said, I got no problem with him, but they don't look like him. So we, even that stench, Jesus is bowing down. Yeah. To wash off our feet. The stench, hypocrisy, the elder brother, the condemnation, all of that. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, Nate. This was incredible. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, it was so good. So, Nate, where where can people find you? Uh, they can go to my website, which is inthesafeplace.com. Uh, we we are actually the safe place, but the safe place was taken by an actual physical safe company. Mm-hmm. And um, that would have cost too much to get it from them. But in the safe place was available. And I think that kind of is more actionary to what we do uh, in that place of safety. Uh, so they can go there and, and find us. Uh, you can Google me on YouTube and there's been things that have been posted of my messages and things that I've done and am doing. So another thing that I wanted to highlight, cause I know you're doing this now for those of you who are familiar with Nate and the uh, wholeness coaching, uh, supernatural mind renewal, renewal that he does. He actually is uh, is embarking on a, a tr- whole training, online training, where if you're feeling like, yes, I, I, I want to partake of this, and then I want to be part of this army to help bring wholeness and all of that. Uh, Nate actually has a train online training. Uh, uh, what would you call it? Uh, subscription. Yeah, program. It's just a, it's just a training school, you yeah, know, totally. um, it's uh, eight weeks 
that will get you through the materials and through a lot of practical uh, training, um, depending on how you pick it up. There may be a need to be a little more after that in terms of the practical. Uh, but um, yeah, we're uh, the mandate now is uh, is healing God's people. They're all his people and we need an army to do that. And I realize I'm not the only one with methodologies and processes that help people heal. But if uh, your heart is stirred to maybe check out how God's flowing it through me, then just uh, when you're on the website, just send us through our contact information a little note that says, hey, I'm interested in this. You won't find a link to sign up. We have a, a bit of a different process right now. Um, but uh, yeah, we have our first class going through right now. Our second one is this fall. And then we have a winter class that's uh, over in the Netherlands. So we're really excited about that. So worldwide yeah. impact. Love does that. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nate. I'll put those links up there. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. That has been so, so, so life-giving. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Wonderful. Well, everybody, um, share this. Uh, people, people. oh my goodness, they need this message. They need this message. Share it. Uh, go find Nate. Uh, you know, he's an incredible uh, minister that ministers wholeness. Um, find him. And thank you again for watching. Love you guys. Thank you, Nate. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.